Welcome to Your Life Legacy Matters. In fact, uh, Your Living Life Legacy Matters. Today is a special day for uh, our broadcasting network, which we are always uh, very pleased to share with you that it's funded and powered by the Faith-Based Cause Initiative and its affiliates. You know, life uh, is interesting, uh, and it always is interesting it, once a person's able to pay attention. And I know when we think about what we're doing with the Faith-Based Cause Initiative, inspired by uh, those that rushed out as first responders during this uh, global pandemic, and basically being able to ask ourselves uh, individually, what can we do? You know, I mean, we're not uh, nurses, we're not uh, uh, firefighters, uh, we're, you know, we're not uh, security police officers, we're not doctors, okay? And that's when I say we, that meant us as a body, I'm sure some of our viewers are. So we were just asking ourselves, what can we do? And we really uh, took a lot of... Um, uh, refuge in the fact that we knew that uh, uh, God would want us just to do something. We didn't have to do everything, but if we could just do something, and uh, what we chose to do was to provide uh, up to $10,000 in grant funding for faith-based, cause-based, charitable outreach missions in the form of executive support and also technologies that, generally speaking, would cost thousands and thousands of dollars a month. We provide that through our faith-based cause initiative and its affiliates to the types of people that are already on the front line with organizations taking the lead, working in the underserved community, those people that basically are challenged. And I don't know about this food insecurity thing. I just know about people not having food. <laughs> and so uh, I don't know why we tend to sometimes uh, like to sugar things up, but there are people out there that need food. And well, we want to be behind individuals helping individuals get food, and we want to showcase them Along the way, as we uh, celebrate the latter part of Black History Month, we, we always want to share with people, it's also a time to reflect on, on, on people that are living. What's going on right now? You know, we know that people live now because they've had the opportunity and the privilege to experience something in the past. Well, this particular guest I'm going to have the pleasure to introduce you to uh, is someone who just touched my life. Uh, in just a short period of time, I got to be introduced to her. I had the opportunity to read about her, and just in her presence for me, I'm now feeling uh, inspired, you know, to, to, to do more, okay, to do more. So uh, my name's Carville Jones. I'm the executive director to the chair of the Faith-Based Cause Initiative. Uh, I have a pleasure of introducing you to someone that if you have ever had a challenge in your life, I would want you to reflect on it before you listen to this particular individual. If you have ever had a challenge in your life and you have felt that you're at the end, that you just can't go any further, you know, and, and so we know that when that happens, we should draw close uh, to, to God, you know, uh, uh, tr draw close to Jehovah God, draw close to Yahweh God, draw close, close to your God as you perceive that particular person to be and they will draw close to you and, and maybe there will be without a doubt a positive outcome. This particular individual uh, went to the brink and I'm going to have her uh, share her story with you because it's better than uh, me trying to even share with you. Dr. Missy as we endearingly uh, call her, last name Jackson, but I like Dr. Missy better. Mm -hmm. uh, <sighs> I don't know. Just listen to her. Please uh, pay, 
close attention because it's a cool thing to understand that there is hope for you and there's hope for me and I feel inspired. Uh, Dr. Missy, would you like to share with us today? Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me um, here on this show. And it also means a lot to me because it's faith-based. You know, I'm just a church girl from Detroit. Okay. You know, that's all I am. And, you know, I grew up in church and my roots are in church. And, you know, like you said earlier, you know, whether it's God or whoever you serve, you know, it has to be a higher, a higher being. And my higher being happened to be God. And I say that because when you see this pretty face and this beautiful smile, I smile because God himself, he had a hand in my life. And when I speak about that, it's because just a few years, a few years back, not long ago, but a few years back, I was living like, like it was golden. You know, it's a song by Jill Scott, living like, like it was golden. Yes. Well, I was doing the thing. Okay. Okay. And what happened is that my whole life changed right before my eyes. And what I mean by that is that um, I went to the hospital for a procedure, simple procedure, in and out, in by seven, out by 12, you know. I didn't come out of the hospital to 47 days later. Oh, well, let me take back, 60 days later. And out of those 60 days, I was in a coma for 47 days. After all that, I had a 3% chance of living. Um, if you ever thought about, if people know about, and I could say this proudly, I'm from Detroit, and the hospital I was in was Henry Ford Hospital. And I say that because I didn't know that I brought a hospital to its knees because I was in a coma. And when I say doctors from all over the hospital and all over the campus pray for me, when I didn't know I was in a coma, they prayed for me. And when I came out, had a long rehabilitation to, when I came out and they brought me back because the people asked for me because they wanted to see this person that had a 3% chance of living. That was 47 days in a coma. And it was a little embarrassing a little bit because I didn't remember those people. And when people would come up to me, you know, this nurse and this nurse and this nurse, they just wanted to almost like touch me because they couldn't believe I was alive. You know, but moving past that, I, I survived. Three months, four months later, you know, I'm getting better. Then I was diagnosed with breast cancer. Um. And that right there made me mad at God. When I was a little girl, they say, don't get mad at God. I kept it to myself, but I was mad at God because I'm like, you brought me through all of this. Why I gotta go through cancer? And the reason why I was really, really mad is because at that time that people didn't know, there were two other people in my family that had breast cancer. I can't say who those people are, but I would tell you one of the persons that had was my sister, and she passed. And I was angry because I was taking care of one of those people and taking them to their chemo. And just to tell them that I couldn't take them anymore because I was fighting for my life with cancer because my body still wasn't at its optimal level to fight. But what people didn't know 15 years ago, prior to all this, we had two people in our family to die from breast cancer. So 
at that point, I made up in my mind, after I cried, after I played, played this song, Bust the Windows Out Your Car, because I was angry, I said, you know what? My life is not going to end like this. I'm going to have a different story to tell. But at the time, I didn't know my sister had cancer. But I knew the other person had cancer. So I decided that I'm going to fight. And that is what I did. I fought. Even if it was the last breath of my body. Because what I discovered is that what I have for me, I'm just a vessel. But I need to create an impact to let people know if they live or if they die, live in your ultimate purpose, live in your dreams, and live every day, every day like it's your last day. Dr. Missy, you know, as you shared that with me, I reflect upon really last year and, and the uh, halfway mark, if you would, through the pandemic in my family. We prepare for Breast Cancer Awareness Month um, because we have had uh, enough enough family members, enough family sisters, you know, uh, extended family, uh, not make the struggle. Uh, you know, uh, and uh, it is a struggle. Yes. Uh, and if you ever come close to it, uh, what you want to do is to uh, really ask around, uh, get support and embrace it because we're talking about true sheroes, you know, true sheroes that basically uh, are determined to persevere yes they're they're not giving up and and it's not a weekly fight it's a fight by the second come on yes and so when we get a chance to just uh, be in the presence of of a cancer survivor guys i want to share with you you want to draw strength from them because we all consider ourselves from time mm-hmm. to time having issues, oh, having challenges. Yes. We really need to think about those challenges we have and ask ourselves, are these real challenges? Are they just mild obstacles that we must choose to go through opposed to going around them? Yes. Oftentimes people may want to take that easy route. Yes. go around them and then they tend to actually end up living uh, one year of life 20 times mm-hmm. because they're going in a circle some people call it insanity they're just going in a circle and going in a circle so a cancer survivor does not have that option they no. have to go through and Got they, to. they go through it and I've been told as they go through it they grow through it and so can you share with our audience, if you would, uh, how you were able to just awaken your particular uh, life and look towards other goals and objectives and share with us some of the blessings you've had during this struggle? Well, you know, like you said, it's not easy, especially when it runs in your family. And um, what I, how I grew is that I had to shift my mindset. Well, people don't understand that mindset is very, very important. So I kept saying, I'm going to live and not die because I see so many people in my family. And I also kept saying, I'm fearless. I kept on saying, I'm fearless. And I'm a speaker, an author, and a coach. Yes, you are. And I have an organization called Fearless Women Rock. Fearless Women Rock. Yes. I love it. And... um my oncologist, I was having a conference that year, and my oncologist did not want me to do it. She said, um, Dr. Missy, she said, um, you, you're, you're in 
the chemo, you know, mm-hmm. we're preparing you for surgery, you know. And I told her, I said, I'm doing this. Because what I discovered, I said, I went through this being in a coma and I was quiet. I'm not going to be quiet about this. So what I did, I started playing it out on air, on Facebook. People started following me. And I I didn't know that I was doing that, but people were getting strength through my struggle, if that makes sense. Uh, Yes, it does. People were getting strength through my struggle. And I kept telling myself that I'm fearless. But what I did not know, because I I store neuroscience coaching, is that what happens with your hippocampus, I know I'm going to get a little technical. That's okay. But what happens with your your hippocampus, what it does, it stimulates your mind to receive everything positive. So what happened, every time I said I'm fearless, it was giving me positive cancer cells. Because when we go to sleep at night, we get new cells every night. And I was canceling out all the cells that were negative that I was processing through the hippocampus and the endorphins. So I basically, in the eight, I became fearless in the journey. And people seen that. And that's how I started growing. And then what I discovered is that if I'm going to have this, let me be the vessel. But let me be the impact for someone else to see that they can live through it. That's so beautiful. And I want to thank you so much for sharing that with us. Uh, Our audience may not know that you're going to hear more from uh, Dr. Missy because uh, she, I hate to sort of let the cat out of the bag, (laughs) but you will be seeing her uh, work, uh, her presence, her energy, and her love on BET uh, as she uh, becomes published. uh, She's doing a movie. Uh, who knows? It's probably everything a woman does at her level of power and influence is a documentary. So how she sugars it up doesn't matter. Sometimes a little sugar makes the truth easier to digest. And so um, let's think about Dr. Missy and her message and her strength and her endurance and her resilience. You know, as I think of what she has done and what she means to the faith-based cause initiative, she means a a new birth thing. And I'm going to have her back uh, on our next particular chance to fellowship because I think she means so much to our movement to help our faith-based, our cause-based and our charitable-based leaders. You know, we're knocked down and we need to be uh, in tune with the fact that these are not happy times other than the fact that we want to be happy and rejoicing that we're trying to do a little bit each day. We just don't have to do it all, but we must choose to do what we can in following the strong leadership and the example, you know, of, of Dr. Missy and what she has been able to triumph through. We want you to know that um, in conclusion, it's okay to, to, to take a punch, you know. It's okay to uh, uh, be knocked down hmm. in life. I've been knocked down a few times. Yes, okay. <laughs> and sometimes when we're knocked down, you know, we think we have to get up right away, and we do, because you don't want to stay down. Because when you stay down, all types of negative things uh, come into your uh, mind. As Dr. Missy said, her affirmation of being fearless 
an affirmation over and over that was real. and over and over and over and over. Every sometimes, day. Every day. Sometimes if you can't get up, we want to share with you that we're going to have some steps to Dr. Missy can share with us in our next time to fellowship of how you can get up inside yourself. Because sometimes you have to do that and yeah. pull yourself along. So on behalf of the Faith-Based Cause Initiative, our chairman, uh, Mr. Gregory Garland, and our co-chair, Dr. Pastor William Revely, thank you so much for this particular opportunity to share. Yes, and thank you for having me. You're very welcome.